Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. Before we get started with today's show, I have another member of the Cryptocurrent family, Steve Miller, who's going to be telling you more ways that you can stay cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. If you want more ways to engage with us outside of the show, come and join us over on Clubhouse, the new app on iOS and coming soon to Android. On Clubhouse, we're bringing you brand new content every single week in a very fun and engaging way so that you can have conversations with us live. That's right, live. Talk to us, some great special guests, and you can join Richard and I every single week for a brand new conversation during our show, Let's Talk Crypto at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find me at my handle, at Stephen Miller. That's Stephen with a V, Miller. And Richard, what's your handle? R Carthon, C-A-R-T-H-O-N. And starting next week, you can also find us by joining our group. That's right. Search us at CryptoCurrent on Clubhouse and you'll find our group. Join up because every single week, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll have a brand new session for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CryptoCurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a special guest working on a really cool stablecoin project as well as they're in the DeFi space and working on a ton of other really cool things. We have Raphael with Trust Token. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you, Richard. It's good to be on. Of course, man. So before we dive into anything, let's go ahead and just get a little bit of background on yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I grew up here in San Diego, which is where I'm calling from. Hello to everyone, wherever in the world you are. And then I went to Stanford to get a computer science degree. And after that, I worked briefly at Google doing AI research before starting this company. Yeah, well, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, going from Google into AI into starting this company means that you probably got a pretty early start on understanding the crypto and blockchain space. So tell us about that first experience. How did you first find out about crypto and blockchain? Like what year was it? And then what made you decide like, oh, I need to go make a company about this? It was a long time until I actually made a company about this. I think I originally heard about crypto and blockchain when I was an undergrad at Stanford. And I was taking some crypto classes with Dan Bonet, who is a very famous cryptographer who teaches at Stanford. And this was probably like 2013 or 2014. Wow. And then I graduated in 2015. and. When I started this company, it wasn't even a crypto or blockchain company. This company started out as an estate planning company. So we made software that helped people get their wills and trusts. And then about a year in, in 2017, we saw how much crypto was blowing up. And we thought, wow, there are just amazing opportunities here. And we've got to do something. And that's when we decided we're going to make a fiat-backed stablecoin. We made TreeUSD. And our reasoning there was that we were a team that had technical people like me. And also we had attorneys full-time on the team because we were doing an estate planning company. 
wills and trusts. I think stable coins is a perfect combination of, you know, it's not just technology. You also need to work with banks. You need to be regulated. You've got a lot of the legal side as well. So it combined the skills that we had on the team at the time. Really unique, the fact that you're able to pivot into something that spoke to the team's unique qualities and, and assets as far as knowledge and, and be able to actualize your talents for the crypto space. So since kind of pivoting and, and getting more into the stablecoin side of things, you know, kind of walk us through, you know, when you started to like where things are now, like what, what's the latest going on with Trust Token? We launched for USD. It's done pretty well. It now has about 300 million true USD circulating globally, backed Amazing. by 300 million US dollars sitting with our banking partners. And since then, we also launched four other fiat backed stablecoins true British pound, true Hong Kong dollar, true Canadian dollar, and true Australian dollar. And then we more recently launched the product, which is now our company's number one focus which is called TrueFi. And it is the decentralized protocol for uncollateralized lending. And if you're familiar with Compound or Aave or some of yep. those DeFi protocols, it's similar to those, but it does uncollateralized lending instead of collateralized lending, which is a little bit higher risk, but also higher reward. And we think it's a very exciting product. That I'm happy to tell you more about. Absolutely. So let's stay there. And then I'm gonna go back to some other questions I had on the trust token, but with TruFi, first for the newbies that are out there, please explain collateralized versus uncollateralized and why this is such a huge opportunity in this space right now, in the DeFi space specifically. Is it actually okay if I project things, if people are going to be able to see the video? Do both. So of course, for everyone listening, as you know, you can watch this via YouTube. And so for all of those that are watching, you'll get an extra treat. I guess you'll be able to see a little extra something special, but... Raphael is going to make sure to explain what he's displaying as well, just to make sure that for everyone listening, you can follow along with what's going on. So for those of you who can see here, I'm just showing compound.finance is one of the largest lending protocols in DeFi. And you can see they've got $12 billion supplied into the protocol and they're lending out $5 billion. So this is a huge protocol. And the way it works this thing does over-collateralized lending, which means you could put up, let's say, $100 of Ether. And then against that collateral, you could borrow something like $60 of a stablecoin. Or you could put up $100 of a stablecoin and borrow $60 of Ether. So you're always putting up more collateral than you actually get to borrow. And that's what keeps the protocol safe. Because if you don't repay that loan, then they will just liquidate your collateral and the protocol hasn't lost any money. Does that make sense? So what we're doing that's different, if I show you our app over here, is we are doing lending that is uncollateralized, which means that basically you can put money into the lending pool and the protocol is going to start making loans in stable coins to various trading firms. Now, they don't have to put up collateral to get these loans. And so that means that our protocol, compared to some of these collateralized protocols, it may be a little bit higher risk, but is also higher reward because people are willing to pay a much higher rate in order to get a loan if they don't have to put up collateral. And also our protocol, you know, because it doesn't have collateral, instead of requiring that collateral, we do a bunch of vetting of the borrowers 
that get onto the platform. And so the holders of the governance token, TRU, actually get to decide which borrowers get onto the platform. So there's a whole application process. They get vetted. They have to give over documents and so on. And then they can get on the platform and be able to borrow. Whereas for something like Compound, which does collateralized lending, they actually say anyone can borrow. Literally anyone can borrow from Compound. They don't care because they have that collateral. So that's the key difference between collateralized and uncollateralized lending. Amazing explanation. And thank you for the visuals as well. I think that's going to be very helpful for everyone listening. Make sure you go check this out via YouTube as well, just to see the visual representation that Raphael was so kind enough to share with us. But as you said, because there is a little bit more risk, I guess the way that you are able to de-risk it is to have a more strenuous process for your borrowers to be able to come on your platform. If I potentially want to come and get a uncollateralized loan, can you kind of walk me through what that process would look like? Yeah. So first of all, you personally couldn't get an uncollateralized loan on our protocol because right now we only do loans to businesses. And the two kinds of businesses that our protocol is focusing on, A, trading firms, and B, exchanges. And so unless you're one of those right now, we're not actually giving out loans. And that's partly because within trading firms and exchanges, there are businesses that are very trustworthy, have oftentimes tens or hundreds of millions of dollars under management and have been around for many years and can offer very attractive returns. So they're oftentimes willing to pay 15, 16, some as high as 18% APY in order to borrow capital from the protocol. And the kind of vetting that we do, you can think of it as to a certain extent, a replacement for that collateral. Because holding collateral is still not perfect. Like if the price of Ether were to drop really quickly, then even if you have Ether as collateral, it might drop so fast, you can't liquidate it in time to cover a loan. And so holding collateral isn't perfect either. But what we replace that with is being more careful about whom we're lending to so that we know they're much more likely to actually pay back than a random borrower uh, from anyone, anywhere in crypto. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And it's it's a really unique business model. Actually, I haven't heard of another one in the space that's kind of doing it your way, which I think is is fairly cool. Again, for everyone listening, it just goes to speak volumes of the limitless possibilities in the world of crypto and, and blockchain, and especially in, in the DeFi space. There are very unique and practical ways that you can set this up, but also doing it in a very Everything's risky. And at the end of the day, you can't just say like de-risking crypto because at the end of the day, crypto is inherently risky. But there are smart things that you can do in place to de-risk and, and feel confident in being able to set up things like loaning and using DeFi and having uncollateralized loans versus collateralized loans. So I really think what y'all are doing is awesome and, and really unique. I mean, how did you even land on this type of lending? Well, we were looking at how stable coins were being used in crypto and in DeFi. And it looked like the number one biggest and fastest growing use case was lending. But all of the lending was this kind of over-collateralized lending that Compound, Aave, Maker, and other large protocols are doing. And we didn't see anyone that was doing uncollateralized lending in DeFi. But 
our view is that DeFi is going to gobble up a very significant portion of all of traditional finance. And that is likely going to include a ton of collateralized lending and a ton of uncollateralized lending, among many other things. And so we believe the uncollateralized lending sector in DeFi is going to be very, very large, likely in the hundreds of billions of dollars, if not larger. And so being the first ones to launch that protocol, if we can get it off the ground, might be tremendously valuable. So that's, sure. that's what we are that's what we're working on. Yeah. I mean, it's a smart play, man. And it, it's it's really unique. Again, like you're you're the first that I've heard that's that's gone into space. And I mean, definitely have my attention for everyone listening. Definitely go and check that out. And before we kind of shift into another direction, I, I kind of want to go back to your trust token for a moment. And you've actually kind of answered one of my questions that I had, which was there's a lot of competitors in the stablecoin space. And I was going to just see like, you know, how were you able to position yourself in such a way that people would want to use trust token as opposed to some of your competitors out there? And it sounds like this is kind of the route that you've selected to go in order to use it. Well, so is our stable coin, our USD backed stable coin is called True USD. And that one, it was the first stable coin that was launched after Tether, the first US dollar backed stable coin. And so at the time, it was really unique. Now, since then, there have been other competitors, especially USDC, that have taken a lot of market share in the USD stablecoin space. And at this point, one of the main things that attracts people to TrueUSD is that the level of transparency that TrueUSD and our other true currencies from different jurisdictions around the world have is... They have attestations from a third-party accounting firm 24-7 posted online. And we recently worked with Chainlink to launch a partnership where those attestations are actually put on chain such that DeFi protocols can directly examine and see that the TrueUSD are fully backed. And so that is a level of trust and transparency that, to our knowledge, not a single other stablecoin has ever reached. Just like you said, transparency, especially in the world of crypto, is very important to a lot of people and is a, a major component of why, especially when it comes to a stable coin, because you definitely want to be as secure as possible. Having stuff that's there, even on the website, something that I saw was really unique was that you, you put it out there plainly just on that you have over $300 billion in, in backing. You can cover that. And you, like you, it, it's just it's out there. And I, I like how transparent that is. So, I mean, just with the trust token ecosystem, you know, you have basically, I believe, three different things that are going on right now between your stable coin, your DeFi play and your true token. Are there any other things that are in the in the pipeline or are you just primarily focused on building out that the DeFi space? Like what's, what's y'all's current roadmap looking like? Our primary focus right now is on building out TrueFi and growing it. And we've got some very exciting items coming up there. One is adding multi-asset support. This is actually going to be coming out probably at some point in April. And the idea is to not just support lending TrueUSD, but expand that to other stable coins and soon to add Bitcoin, Ethereum, all kinds of other assets that you could be lending on the platform. And I'd like to make TrueFi the best place where you can earn a very attractive yield on any crypto asset that you've got while still not taking too much risk. 
And the second item is we're about to ship a product for our borrowers, which is lines of credit. Right now, all of the loans that TrueFi does, they're all fixed term and fixed rate. But there's a tremendous amount of potential, given how crypto works, to do a lot of things real time. So instead of these fixed term loans, we're going to add a product, which is variable, flexible loans that act as basically lines of credit, where a borrower, if you, Richard, were approved up to $5 million, you could pull all $5 million of that line of credit one day and you could decide the next day you want to put $3 million back and the next day you want to pull another million dollars. The day after that, you want to put it all back. It would be completely flexible on pulling and returning your line of credit on a minute-by-minute basis. And you're going to be paying a rate on that line of credit that's just based on how much you have out and what the current conditions are in the market. So the protocol will be calculating what that rate is and filling it to you on a minute-to-minute basis. That's something that is very difficult to do unless you have the kind of technology that we've got here in crypto. And we think it's part of why crypto is going to take such a large bite out of traditional finance. Just what you described is so unique. And like in traditional finance, I don't want to say can't happen, but like at the scale that you just said, like, oh my gosh, like why is it that crypto is so uniquely positioned to be able to do that type of variable lending as opposed to traditional finance? Like if I tried to go to a bank and do the same process, what hurdles would I face? Today's podcast is brought to you by Tantra Labs, where you can earn 12% in Bitcoin and Ethereum yearly. Tantra Labs is a team of researchers, engineers, and data scientists, economists, and optimists whose primary focus is in Bitcoin, which they believe will usher in a more prosperous future built on sound money. They offer real-time loan tracking, fast automated onboarding, 100% payment history, and multi-sig storage. And again, you will get 12% APY on the crypto that you loan. Tantra Labs is taking on international clients as well as clients in the U.S. except for the state of New York. For more information, please go to tantralabs.io. Again, that's tantralabs.io. Cryptocurrent is proud to announce a media partnership with Miami Crypto Expo. It is on April 21st, 23rd at the Intercontinental Downtown in Miami. This is an in-person event where there will be multiple types of activities from an NFT gallery to multiple workshops where you can go and learn hands-on information as well as keynote speakers. And it wouldn't be Miami without having a few parties as well. For more information, please go to expcrypto.io. Again, that's expcrypto.io. And make sure when you get your ticket to type the word cryptocurrent for a nice discount. Well, if you look at how a bank actually sends money, like when you sent a bank wire, especially overseas, it still to this day involves actual humans in a back office that type information into a computer to get that wire to go out. And that's part of why so many things in banking, if you're trying to send me a wire right now, or if we were trying to send a wire overseas, so many things about in, in banking about moving money around are not real time and not even close. And what's wonderful about crypto is that you really hold your own private keys. And if you sign a transaction and that gets mined, it's done. 
that transaction right. is final. And that's part of what's frightening about crypto and why people have to be very careful not to lose their keys or lose their funds. But that's also part of the power is that from a technical perspective, it is an extremely solid foundation upon which to build an entire financial system. And you still can add back in some of those protections if you want. Like you can hold your crypto with a custodian or you can put your crypto on Coinbase and then you're not holding your own keys. Coinbase is holding those keys or your custodian is holding those keys. And then you can have a protocol with them where you have to do 2FA, you have to have a password and so on to move your money. And things like that might be slower, but they might also be safer. But the fundamentals of how a blockchain works are very, very solid and allow money to move almost instantly. And that is what I think is going to make these markets permanently more efficient than traditional financial markets. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, the speed of, and ease of use and cutting out the middleman is you can move faster, you can move safer, and you're empowering people to do what they want with their money. Now, of course, with power comes responsibility. So yes, you're a little bit, you're going to have to be a lot more responsible and safe and secure with what you do because there's no clawbacks. Uh, it's it's one-way street. So Exactly. So as, as we get to more adoption, and I think people get over that initial hurdle of understanding that, things are going to flow a lot more easily. Or you're going to find that some of these crypto projects put these like step-by-step, step, let me hold your hand through everything, just so you feel really secure with moving forward with this type of opportunity. And I think the, the players who do a good job with that initially are going to soar as we go into this next decade. Right. You know, Richard... That kind of step-by-step holding your hand, I think that's actually going to be down the road a huge fraction of how people get access to crypto. Because where we are right now is still like the early days of the internet when people are sending out packets. And you you and I are manually signing transactions, right? On our ledger or on our MetaMask. There is no question that when our parents and our grandparents and when billions of people around the world are in the future using crypto, they won't be manually sending transactions. The same way that when, when people use the internet today, they're not manually constructing a packet and sending it out to a server, right? They have web browsers, they have internet applications, they've got apps on their smartphone that handle all of that. And so we're going to see over the next couple of years, more and more apps come out that say like, hey, let's say you can earn right now, you know, 50% APY, some fantastic APYs in TrueFi, right? But to be able to access that today, you have to actually use the TrueFi smart contract. You have to be able to sign transactions. There are going to be apps that are going to say, hey, look, download this app, connect it to your bank, put in some money, and you can start earning directly with TrueFi or directly with Compound or directly with Aave. And they're going to make it so much simpler. But it it is not going to be a quick process because you don't need just one app. You need hundreds of apps in every single language, in every single jurisdiction. They have to deal with the local regulation. They have to know how to market in all those different markets. And so it will be a slow rollout process. But that, that process is what's going to bring billions of people into crypto. And... And most of those people are not going to necessarily know that they're even using crypto. They'll just know that behind the scenes, their money is being invested in such and such a way. But the actual technology, the rails that are being used is going to be crypto, DeFi protocols, stable coins, et cetera. 
For sure. Man, I mean, that was a very eloquent way of saying we are a ways away before things are just so simple that you're using crypto without even realizing you're using crypto. It's on the way. And I'm excited to see the industry continue to, to move forward in that direction. And along those lines, you know, there's a lot that's starting to already happen in the year 2021. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunity out in the DeFi space, but is there anything either within the DeFi space or anything in general within crypto right now that has your attention that you think others should be looking out for as well? I think right now, we're in a situation in DeFi where if you can find the next building block that needs to be put into place as we're assembling this financial stack, then tens or hundreds of millions of dollars can immediately flow your way and help grow your protocol, grow your ecosystem. That's what we're seeing happen as each piece of the puzzle is falling into place. And it it somewhat needs to be quick because we've got a lot of building to do as an industry. If we are going to end up gobbling up 30, 50, 80% of what traditional finance is today, and if we're going to do that within a reasonable time frame of a couple of years or even a couple of decades, we have a lot to build. Yeah. You know, we're building these fundamental pieces like the DEXs, the lending protocols, and so on. And they're each one that you build enables new applications on top of it. I don't think that our protocol would be possible without other protocols like Curve.Fi or Uniswap. And there are other folks that are going to be building later this year and next year that are not going to be possible without our protocol. And that is how things are, are moving. And so it is moving at an insane rate overall, but we also have a very long way to go. And if someone is joining crypto today, it's tempting to feel like, wow, Bitcoin above 50,000, am I late to the game? The answer is no. When it comes to crypto and DeFi, you are actually early to the game. We are still at the beginning. We're still in a world where people are manually signing transactions. It's analogous to if you are manually sending out packets over the internet to a server. That's where we're at today. And that is not where we're going to be in 5, 10 years when we have way more adoption than we do today. For sure. And I love it because what it's saying or what you're saying intrinsically is we are building. We're still in build mode. We are still in hyper growth mode. What I like to share with the audience and for everyone listening is that you're not late to the party. Everything that's going on right now is to build to where this is headed. So we're, we're over the, the, the hump of crypto is either going to be here and stay or it's going to crash and burn and go to nothing. I think we can all agree that it's not going to crash and burn and go to nothing. So therefore, it's going to be something. Now, right now, there are right. over 8,000 projects because if you look at cryptocurrencies, you know, when you, th- you think about them, all of them aren't meant to be currencies. A lot of them are blockchain companies slash projects and that are under the name of currency, right? But if you look at startups, because a lot of them are startups, ultimately, if you look at history, 90% of startups fail. But those 10 that make it or that 10% that does are going to be outrageously massive. But even the 90% that ultimately don't make it doesn't mean that they're not going to have five to 10 years of super awesome growth and could potentially have really, really great um, opportunities to earn a little bit as well. So all that to say that we're still so early, there's still so much opportunity. It would behoove you to continue to just find out new opportunities like this, especially in the DeFi space, because everything is so new. I mean, you're listening to someone right now who's one of the first movers in uncollateralized loans. Like this is news to me. I like to think that I'm um, well 
up to date with everything going on in the crypto space, right? So just keep learning and just keep finding really good opportunities. So I really do appreciate that that note, Raphael. Thank you. Yeah, Richard, this kind of stuff like uncollateralized lending, you know, we are the pioneers out on the cutting edge. And that is one of the most exciting places to be. That's where you are. That's where a lot of folks in crypto are. And there's much, much larger fish. Like when Tesla comes in and buys $1.5 billion of Bitcoin, that's saying, okay, Bitcoin, which a few years ago was thought of as you know drug money, Silk Road, all kinds of sketchiness. Right. Today, a publicly traded company, one of the best respected companies in the world can make a $1.5 billion Bitcoin purchase. They are coming in the footsteps of people that have gone before. And that is part of their role. And that's part of our role. And so we are here on the frontier figuring out what's new in Ethereum, what's new in DeFi, what are the new coins, tokens, protocols that need to be built next. And the bigger fish like that are going to be coming along the way, six months, one year, two years behind the pioneers and helping to take things to truly the next level when you get to billions or tens of billions of dollars of scale. I love it, man. And we're all pioneers. And even if you're listening to this right now, Again, you're still so early. You're still going to be leading the way. There's still a whole lot of opportunity out there. Just keep learning this stuff, but then act. Make sure you're taking action. Make sure you are going and beginning to take some of those first steps to get involved in this space. And, and actually on that, on that thought, if you could take all of the knowledge that you have right now and pour it into your younger self when you first got involved in this space, what are like two or three things that you would tell yourself? Okay, so here's one. Richard, I didn't believe in DeFi for a long time. Wow. Yeah. I genuinely didn't believe in DeFi. And so there's a lesson there about you have to be more interested in learning than in being right. Because yeah. so, many, so many people, and it's so tempting, all of us do it, uh, just wanting to show that you are right, wanting to see evidence that convinces you that you're right, as opposed to seeing the evidence that convinces you that it's time to change your mind. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very glad that I changed my mind on that one. But I remember I, there was some time years ago and I thought, you know, wow, you know, these things like Uniswap, Compound, are they really going to work? You know, is, is DeFi ever going to be usable? Because it's so difficult to access with MetaMask and ledgers and so on. That's one thing that I would definitely do differently. I guess another lesson that I learned is the power of partnerships. With one thing that I think that USDC did really well is they had a consortium model that we didn't have with TrueUSD when we launched it. And, um, and since then, we have found some really good partners to help us grow TrueUSD. But I think that part of what made USD so, USDC so successful and what I would do differently if I could launch TrueUSD again is they had a consortium model where they, and they invited Coinbase to join the USDC stablecoin project very early on. And Coinbase signed on with them and then was able to bring USDC to their something like 10 million users, a very, very large user base that they had. And with TrueUSD, because we didn't have a model like that, it was much more difficult for us to land partnerships of that size. Gotcha. So those are a couple of things that, that I would do differently if I had one more shot. Two great nuggets right there, man. So I'll just unpack them both really quickly again is 
be willing to learn more than you're willing to be right. I think that's just a general in life lesson right there. So let that one resonate for a second. And the second is the power of partnerships, the power of working with others. And I actually talk a lot about this in, in my own life of, I really feel that you can get a lot further in life with others than by yourself. What's the old saying? Like, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. If you want to go somewhere far, bring others with you. And it's, you know, the power of having others to, to, to bring you so much further than you could just yourself. So I think those are really two good lessons, but we've unpacked a lot here. You've dropped a lot of great knowledge with us as we kind of wrap things up. What's the final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners here today? Take some risks. That's what I, that's the final thought I would leave you with. And if you are here in crypto, you probably are somewhat of a risk taker already. But when it comes to your time, your interests, you know, maybe where you deploy a little bit of your capital, the stuff you play around with, maybe today, tomorrow, try something new that you've never tried before. Check out a new project, learn about a new protocol, go meet someone new in the industry you've never talked with. But there's just all kinds of things out there that have always surprised me when I've been willing to put myself out there and take a little risks. Let the world surprise me. Definitely. Amazing final thought. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. What are some ways that people can learn more about you, more, learn more about Trust Token, TrueFi, all the things? How can people go who are listening today go and learn more? Well, you could check out TrueFi.io, which is our main site. We've got links there to our blog posts and our documentation where you can learn more. Go to TrueFi.io and also check us out on Twitter. Our team is at Trust Token. And I'm personally at Raphael Cosman as well. So I hope to see you all on there. Amazing. Well, Raphael, thank you again for spending some time with us today. And for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Just a Sapien. Cryptocurrent is a valuable resource to learn about crypto and all the builders in the blockchain space. Keep up the great work. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. 
We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent.